0: a superstar like that in this city
1: yeah whatever it's awesome man it's great for our town or whatnot but the the problem is Kevin Durant doesn't care about anything other than Kevin Durant and and for for a superstar player he is not a superstar guy when it comes to doing what he's supposed to do in those type of situations right You, you you look about Patrick Mahomes and when I heard that yesterday I immediately went oh my god that guy's a superstar our superstar Patrick Mahomes would be saying, man, I think it's great for the city that we got to keep Aaron Judge here. Think about it if it was Bobby Witt, right? If Bobby Witt signs a long-term contract. or he, Even when Salvi signed his contract, what was it, a year or two years ago, Mahomes was tweeting about Salvi's contract. Congratulations, Salvi, man. That, that's a big deal for you. I understand Mahomes has a little bit of an ownership stake in the team, so he's got more of an interest. But even if he didn't, he'd still be cheering these yeah, guys on. I don't,
0: I don't follow the... I mean, he has obviously a stake in it, but like, uh, yeah, no, I don't follow the Royals. I followed whoever my dad was playing for. Right, yeah, I'm a Rangers understood, fan understood, or whatever. Did that, right? You know? Yeah,
1: you, you you don't do that kind of stuff. So, it's not that
0: hard either. Like, it really you appreciate yourself to your city a little bit. It's, but he goes a long but, way. But,
1: but see, that's the problem. Kevin Durant doesn't care, and and I think the respect is mutual. I don't think the fans really truly care about Kevin Durant either. Like, I understand he's got more money than God. He's probably got business dealings and everything that are that that are so rich. But after he's done playing, he's going to be that bitter old man that you look at it like, Alumni Day and you go, why are you still around, man? Like, don't you have somewhere else to go? He's going to and- make
0: Pippin look like... Uh- like
1: happy-go-lucky yeah. I think, at the end. Yeah, he is. Yeah, Pippin's going to look like a positive guy. 610 Sports Radio,
0: KCSP, Kansas City, WDF, HG2, Liberty, and Odyssey Station.
1: But but it's also why we love Patrick Mahomes, right? Like there was, a you know, his his Mahomes Foundation gave a bunch of money back to Kansas City this week, and that's fantastic and all. He talked about this week about, you know, building a house here in Kansas City and how important this town is to him. Had it been somebody that was on the Royals or like, what what if Sporting KC went out and got, what is this, Messi is the guy's name that's good at soccer? <laughs> <laughs> what if they went out and got messy, right? And they brought him into in the play for sporting KC. Don't you think Patrick Mahomes would be like, Oh my God, that's awesome. It's great for KC. We got messy, right? That's essentially what well, the I'm Yankees not, did. I'm just
0: a KC current fan. I don't really care about yeah, what sporting does. Right.
1: I don't care about sporting. No, I don't think I don't think he would no, say. that. He'd no, he'd be all about it, right? And we'd be like, Yeah, look at Mahomes getting every team's back. That's why that's why we love Patrick Mahomes. He's become one of us. He's a great player on the field. He's a great person off the field. And he's become one of us. He cares about our town. He cares about Kansas City. Patrick Mahomes, right now, I hate to tell Kevin Durant this. Patrick Mahomes is the biggest superstar on earth, but he also has the ability to be able to connect to all of us right here in Kansas City. Kevin Durant, on the other hand, he may be the most miserable athlete on earth. I, I feel bad for Kevin Durant. I, I I look at Kevin Durant as a guy who's really good at basketball, I wish but has it. no joy. Yeah, I There's know. There's no joy it. in his life whatsoever in anything. We have been blessed. We have gotten the entire package with Patrick Mahomes. I mean, my God, superstar athlete who loves the city in which he plays and wants to do everything for that city. Good God, give me a cigarette. Like, you couldn't have scripted this kid any better from what we have, and then you got a D-bag like Kevin Durant out there who's a dominating basketball and just player won't enjoy it. and just will not enjoy no. a damn thing about no. his life.
0: He's kind of insufferable. He stinks. He stinks.
1: Um I'm glad we're not in the
0: market for a quarterback one for many reasons but yeah. um uh, I think and I, I'm usually to to each his own mm-hmm. do whatever you want. I got a lot of heat for throwing a, a mayo on a hot dog It's
1: disgusting makes my stomach turn. Right? Still hurts my stomach okay. man. Not like this one will. Is that threw
0: mayo on a hot dog? Yeah. Right? At halftime of a game because there's no other condiments. I got a lot of heat for that. I think there's plenty of draft boards that are crossing Kentucky quarterback Will Levis off their list. Well, you have to. I think. I think once you hear this, he's he's off your 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 NFL team list. Will Levis,
2: quarterback at the University of Kentucky, and I have been known to put mayonnaise in my coffee sometimes. <coughs>
1: no, God, please, no, no.
0: Oh, Will. <laughs> I like the one in the background. Oh, Will. It looks
1: so gross. Uh, like,
0: CBS uh, Sports has sent out a tweet where Will Levis, uh, you see him, he squeezes a, a number of droplets <laughs> of mayonnaise into his coffee. I, I, I stopped. Stirs it up like it's like it's creamer and then pours it back. I, I'm ready
1: to vomit. just. St- like, I'm not kidding. I'm ready to throw up right now thinking about that. I mean, you hear the bloop, bloop, oh. bloop and then you see mm. him try to stir it and it,
0: of course it doesn't stir they're like globules of mayonnaise in his in his coffee yeah you can't mix mayonnaise you can't the mix That's that disgusting. up disgusting oh.
3: it doesn't dissolve oh. Oh. That's it still disgusting. looks like cottage cheese in coffee he
1: can't be your franchise quarterback i'm sorry i, I can't I, trust I, you i i want to throw up man i really do like that makes me throw up every single time i see it that is one of the grossest things i've ever seen we know your grossest eating habit is mayonnaise on a hot dog. And that's just that was just out of necessity. I don't Have you like, done that I don't since? Like, no, I don't,
0: like, seek it out. It was okay. just there was nothing else. You haven't done that since. No.
1: Another thing, like, I just find mayonnaise, for the most part, gross, unless it's, like, in a tuna salad or something like that. People dip their French fries in mayonnaise. I've done that, yeah. Sure, sure. Oh. You're dipping fat into fat. Right, right, right. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> Oh, even when I was fat, I. Westport Flea, Flea Man- Market used to have the
0: uh, the the vat of mayonnaise. Yeah, and oh yeah. You- Put them there, and you dip their little
1: curly fries in. Oh, good stuff! The, the first person I saw do that was our friend Scott Parks of KMBZ years and I've years ago, before. twenty some years I'll ago.
0: I'll mix up the dips for fries, though. So,
1: and he said the reason that he did it is because he lived overseas in Europe, and they did that over there when he was a kid growing up. You know, his dad was in the military, and so they lived over in I don't know Belgium or Germany or whatever, and they had and he, and he dipped the fries in mayonnaise. That was a European thing. I'm like, oh, okay. And I but I I just I can't. I just can't with mayonnaise. Like it, it, to me, the smell, the ta- like everything involved with mayonnaise just gives me the gut rot, man. And like the, the just squeeze gross. mayonnaise is
0: worse, which I had to use on the hot dog, because it does kind of go... Yeah.
1: Poof, poof,
0: as opposed to if you have it and you got a knife and you can spread it, and then, you know, Right. It's a little... A lot better, actually. I don't mind. I don't mind a mayonnaise on a sandwich or whatever. But yeah, like I that, can do that, like something cool.
1: from the text line about the McChicken. Yeah, I could do it on the McChicken yeah, the, or something the, the simple. The squeezing yeah.
0: of drops into your coffee cup is, I mean, seriously. He's off my. Dra- he would be off my draft board.
1: Yeah, like bologna can't and mayonnaise on white bread. Ugh. Can't do it. Can't
0: oh God, I just someone I says can't. that's worse than uh, ketchup on a steak. Yeah, it's it. it's tremendously worse.
1: Yeah, what is the grossest eating habit you've witnessed? Or maybe the grossest eating habit you, you think have. you have. I don't know what my grossest eating habit is. I, I really somebody else would have to probably tell me that one. It's probably maybe no dressing on a salad or something <laughs> stupid like that. But I mean, the other day, like we haven't been to the grocery store in a while because we've got food in the house and I refuse to go and spend more money on food that's just gonna get thrown away. So the other day, I like I had some frozen meatballs from Costco and a jar of tomato sauce. Like, so there you go. Meatballs and sauce made a thing of pasta. They ate the dinner. Oh, yeah, this is wonderful, right? So the next day, I come home, and I'm looking for the leftovers. And, well, they ate it all. So there's just a couple of meatballs and sauce, and I had a little bit of quinoa. So I put the, the, the tomato sauce on top of the quinoa. heated it up in the microwave. And my wife was like, oh, my God, that sounds disgusting. I'm like, no, I thought it was pretty good. So... I don't know, my my grossest eating habit may not register for me because you don't think they're gross when you're doing it yourself, right?
0: I'm calling the cops on the mayonnaise guy. That's serial killer S. Uh. The man belongs in a padded room. I love mayonnaise, but this is ridiculous. Love Patrick, but ketchup on a steak is gross too. I don't yeah. know. A butter and coffee is good, but yuck. I'll people say mayo may- and coffee. Yeah, mayo yeah, and the it, grilled hot dogs. It, it's dog called is like
1: delicious. a bullet coffee. If you're doing like that keto diet and stuff like that, like the butter coffee is supposed to be one of those type of deals that you're supposed to drink. I don't know about melting butter in my coffee. I drink mine black, and or that's it.
0: Ghee or whatever you're supposed to melt the ghee and put it in your coffee. Oh, are you that fancy keto butter? Yeah. I used to eat mayo sandwiches, mayo and bread. That's it. Oh. Someone says. I just drove by the studios. Hey, fellas. Hey, Hi. how you doing? Good how to see you. Say doing? It? How you. Doing? Waving at you right yeah. now. Mayo on a McMuffin is awesome. Uh, Peanut butter toast dipped in orange juice. I love my ranch with my spaghetti.
1: How about a butter and onion sandwich? No. I think my grandmother used to tell me about, like, in the Depression, they ate bean sandwiches. I absolutely love peanut butter, pickle, and mayonnaise sandwiches. Okay, from the nine one three. Yeah, you're right about that, Bob. You put asparagus on oatmeal. That's sick. Okay, fine. I'll give you that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Tastes good to me. <laughs> but yeah, there yeah. you go. Yeah. <laughs> uh,
0: Sorry, Will Levis. You're out. Yeah. I guess I guess it's good for teams to know this up front though before they get to like the combine.
1: Right. What's your worst habit? Oh, I put mayo and coffee. Okay, yeah. this meeting's over. Thank yeah. you very much. Thank you. you, Thank do,
0: that you. do that in your own time. That's right. Do I not do that. Not
1: here. In the, do that. Not do that in the quarterback room. I smother my rice aroni in Thousand Island. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Some of these texts are just like, what is oh, going yeah. on? <sighs> smother my rice aroni in Thousand Island. I put ketchup on my steak. My husband informed me a good steak doesn't need ketchup. Yeah. Dude said, what about a Hellman's mayo eggnog? No. No. <laughs> no. First off, eggnog is disgusting. Second, mayo and eggnog? Come Ketchup on. on pizza? Who's doing that? Oh uh. I think people are just messing with it. Hey, d- does, d- do people still nog, though? I've never nogged. I've I've seen the eggnog. I've tried. I, it's not something I need. No. I don't know.
3: Uh-huh. No. No.
1: It just looks disgusting. Shall not nog. Mm-hmm. I don't want to drink cottage cheese. I dip chocolate chip cookies in nacho cheese sauce.
0: <laughs> not drafting any of you a quarterback either. You're off the list. Oh, this week has brought some uh, some craziness and I suppose a jumble to the AFC hierarchy. We'll get to that next.
3: Fesco in the Morning, brought to you by Santa Fe Auto Sound, Kansas City's home for car audio since 1967. And, number one. Internet access, Website, chat line, man, Trey I got Wingo
0: joined us on the show yesterday. The he night. Does periodically talking uh, Chiefs and NFL. I don't think it was overreaction week in terms of the AFC hierarchy. I think I kind of settled into the um, all right. The gap's kind of been closed, right? Um, while technically you you still are the uh, like the computer favorite. The Chiefs are computer favorite to get the uh, the number one seed. Um the gap is tightened. I mean just look at the playoff scenarios now and to me other than the Jets you don't want I don't think you want to piece of any of these. Teams, no,
1: you really right? don't. You really don't.
0: I no. can't go, oh man, give me that one. Give me that one. That's a, that's a gimme. And the jets want to maybe, I may be shortchanging them a little bit. Cause frankly, it's probably the team I've watched the least,
2: mm-hmm.
0: um, but defensively, they're very good. Defensively. They they're you,
1: really good. They yeah. can
0: give you fits any team we've seen defensively. I think the Broncos could fit in that category this week too. Defensively can keep them in the ball game right. uh, of this one. Uh, so I think the AFC race has, has certainly tightened.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, the Bills losing Von Miller this week maybe skews that a little bit, but they're still good. You know they didn't have Von Miller last year and they were still good, right? So I mean I think the uh, the AFC gap is kind of closed. So anyway, Trey Wingo joined us on the show yesterday on the tightening
3: uh, AFC hierarchy Just to put it in perspective. Uh, before last week, uh, the Bills were the five seed and the Dolphins were the were the division leaders in the AFC East, and the Chiefs were the one seed. Well, right now the Bills by not playing on Sunday. So Miami fall to the five seed. They're the one seed, and Kansas City is the two seed. So it's going to be a sprint to the finish, guys, because all these teams are going to play each other. And uh, you know, the Chiefs, in on one sense, have the easiest road in terms of uh, who they play. They play the AFC. They play the AFC West games, and then they play the Texans and the Seahawks. Mm-hmm. So you know, by by any measure, their road to getting to uh, the number one seed is probably stronger than anybody else's. But they just need Buffalo. to to at least lose one more game.
1: And I think that that's going to happen. Well, and they just ran the numbers up on ESPN of your percentage chance to get the number one seed in the AFC. And the Chiefs lead the way, 48% chance right now to get the number one seed in the AFC Buffalo comes in at second at 42% chance to get that number one seed. And then Cincinnati brings up the rear at 6% of chance to get that number one seed in the AFC. Now, the thing that Buffalo and Cincinnati have they got scoreboard over us. There's no question about it. So if everybody finishes with the same record, then we're not even in the top two, right? We're, we're going to be number three if everybody finishes with the same record. I don't expect that to happen And at all. home
0: field is nice. But the fact is you've lost head-to-head head against these teams and I th- that I
1: think are really good. Yeah. You
0: know, I like, it'd be nice to play all these games at home. Sure. No doubt. Sure. No
1: doubt. And you've lost as many I, AFC championship games at home as you've won, too. That's right. I wish it was a massive
0: advantage. Right. Because it is great playing at home, and it's great playing in front of the home fans and what have you. But I just think those two teams... Are good enough; they can play with you any anywhere. Right, you can go play with them anywhere. They can go play with you anywhere. Doesn't matter. So it doesn't matter. It,
1: it, it really doesn't matter with those with the, with that three team and, and those three teams. And I think that really is kind of your elite NFL right now or AFC, I should say, Kansas City, Buffalo, and Cincinnati. I don't think we're breaking any uh, news by saying something like that. So like Cincinnati
0: though has entered the picture,
1: quick, quick, like, r- real fast. Yeah, had, they,
0: had the Chiefs not or had the Chiefs beat them,
1: yeah, they'd be out of the picture. Yeah, right you now.
0: wouldn't you wouldn't be saying, oh, they're here. Look, they've um, had a
1: nice two weeks. They beat Tennessee, and then they came back and beat Kansas City. Right. That's a big two-week a big stretch weeks. for them. They were 5-5, so and
0: five, I think, They at that entered point. the
1: picture. Yeah, they, they entered the picture. They came in flying. They beat two division winners, right, two division leaders uh, over the last two weeks. So they're a legit team. you got to talk about, you know, Cincinnati. And they've beaten us three times in the last 336 days, not that I'm counting or anything like that. Um, but I think also what you, you, you have to look at when you start to, to see, you know, what's in front of us and where we are and where we're going with all of this is that At the end of the day, the schedule is so favorable for the Kansas City Chiefs. Other than absolutely blowing it right now, they should run the table. And all you have to do is see the Buffalo bills lose one game. And it could come this weekend as they take on the jets jets bills this weekend. I think is going to be a really good football game. That's a really good game that has a big impact on not only the AFC East, but the entire playoff picture as well. Jets lose. They probably fall out. Maybe there's, you know, the chargers waving from the eight spot oh, or something geez. like that. Right. You don't want to see them in the postseason. They play the chiefs great all the time too. So we got ourselves a big one there. I think by, by 3 o'clock when the Chiefs kick off on Sunday, the playoff picture may be a little bit clearer. If the Jets beat Buffalo, hey, baby, let's go. Go out to Denver to win. We got that number one seed back, and then everybody's all happy again.
0: I just think that it is going to be a close game on Sunday. I would love to say blow out. The team that can't score against a team that does score, they're going to keep it close. Yeah.
1: I saw somebody on the text. I, I hope that's only earlier. for a half. Someone said,
0: someone said you're probably um, – underselling a half he's they said i think they're going to hang for the entire game they might they might it feels like one of those where you should do this this and this but denver's going to somehow keep this game close
1: yeah but i, I saw something on the text line that said if denver just scored 19 points in all of their games this year they'd have one loss
0: i mean they're they're yeah their defense is ridiculous yeah. what, is, what was the mitch that six of nine uh six of nine losses
1: uh the opponent has scored less yeah, than here. 20 points yeah, here here
0: yeah.
3: here it is get this one, and I have not seen this in my brief 29 years as the voice of the Chiefs. The Broncos, we know, are 3-9, and but 6, get this one, Bob, 6 of their 9 losses, 6 of the 9, the opponent has scored less than 20 points and won the game. Now, maybe you could do that in high school, but really not anymore. And the fact that they, they hold opponents to under twenty and lose has got to drive this defense crazy. And yet, in talking around the building, on the with the offensive guys in shop, even mentioned this on our defending the kingdom uh, podcast. It's like it's galvanized these guys. But I've never seen that to lose six
0: games and the opponent gets less than twenty is crazy. Just hold them under twenty. We got this. Shop is, is a great is Sean Barber for those of you scoring at all. is a great mantra. Like, we've had that a little bit for the Chiefs. Just hold them under 20. The offense will take care of it. Be fine, yeah. You know, you're in 20, you're cooking. Really cooking. This seems like, well, we got to hold them to, like, 12? What are we Mm going to? That's asking a lot. That's that's asking a hell
1: of a lot. Yeah. It is a big, big, big task for the Denver defense to try to hold everybody under seven points. (laughs) If Denver's defense were to pitch a shutout this year, they'd still be three and nine. Like that's how bad the offense is, right? Their offense is dreadful. But you can't go in there with that attitude, right? Like if you're the if you're the Chiefs and you go in with that attitude, you probably lose the football. Put a couple
0: game. touchdowns up early you're going to feel really
1: you good. You feel real good about yourself. And there's nothing wrong with like I said at the beginning of the week, like blowing out the Jets this week, man. Like go out there and just blow out the Jets, hit the gas, go out there and put on an offensive show, score some early touchdowns and enjoy this one up in Denver. I I feel like as a fan base, more than anything, we probably need a jet-blowing-out game to make us all feel better going into next week.
0: They, they won a game scoring 21, lost a game scoring 23, and those are their highest outputs of the year. You feel like you should just... yeah. But I, I some some reason I think this is going to be close.
1: Well, it's a division game. This yeah. is
0: going to be closer mm-hmm. than it should, and we'll probably overreact
1: on on Monday. Yeah, sure. It's what we do. It's the NFL. That's yeah, true. We overreact on Monday. We take a deep breath Monday afternoon. We put things into perspective, and we wake up on Tuesday and realize what's going on. Micro versus macro. Yeah. You want to be playing your
0: best when the playoffs come, but also you right now you can just stack just stack wins.
1: Yeah. Yeah, and stack wins and wait can. for the Bills to lose. And mm-hmm. you have the number one seed. And you have the number one seed, and everybody's happy. And we got a, we got a week off, yeah. and, and we got the opportunity to get healthy. Everybody and we got the opportunity to, to play at home, and everybody comes here, man. Arrowhead Invitational, year five. That'd be great. That'd be, that'd be outstanding if that was the case. Mm-hmm. Um, From the why department? And because you got an ego, that's why. Right? That's the only way, thing I can think of with this. This comes from ESPN.
0: One of the uh, finalists for the Stanford head coaching job is Jason
1: Garrett. Why? And I say why from Jason Garrett's standpoint. Like, why that's do you, you want to do where that? I'm at too. Stanford would be, a, that's a nice hire for Stanford. Jason Garrett's a Princeton grad. Stanford and Princeton, you know, they're rivals, right? Being smarties. <laughs> yes,
0: <laughs> being smarties. Yeah. yeah. Why would an NFL coach go dip their toe in college sports right now? Yeah, ask Bill Callahan. Sounds like a terrible well now. I'm oh, saying, now, now you're saying yeah. With NIL and everything that's going on, you basically had the last coach like, I we can't we can't do that NIL thing here. Stanford it's too hard. Mm-hmm. The portal, all that stuff's too hard. At Stanford, we can't compete in that regard.
1: Stanford cares about grades. Most of the schools and college sports that operate in the power five, with the exception of maybe Stanford, don't care about grades. And if you've gone from the realm of you just play with
0: the guys you're given. Which is where Jason Garrett was from, right? Yeah,
1: yeah,
0: Where Jerry Jones selects the players, you just coach him. Mm-hmm. Why would you? Why would you want to go into the mess that is college athletics right now and recruit an NIL? Mm. That I did Sounds like way too much work. You know, for I, I, a former NFL head coach would be like, I'll wait and see if I get an NFL job or I just or won't. I'll
1: just stay here on NBC and, 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 and weirdly I'll grin at the camera every you, week. Jason Garrett, don't do this. Don't. Yeah, man. Stop. Stop yourself. And so there's got to be somebody in his camp that's going, wait a second here's Stanford and NIL. Forget about it, man. You're not going to stand a chance out there with that kind of stuff. So I, I just wouldn't do it. I, I always thought being a college coach would suck because you have to deal with the recruiting, right? Now, you have to recruit and pay. And retain. And retain. Yeah, you so recruit yeah, your own yeah, guys every, every year. year. <laughs> every single year, you're re recruiting your own guys. Why would anybody want to get into college coaching at this point in time? I mean, look at how many people we have seen get out of college coaching. Roy Williams and Mike Shashevsky didn't retire because they were old, they retired because now everybody can cheat along with them legally. That's why they got out, right? Now you see David Shaw. He bounced out of Stanford. He he's not along for that ride. He understands that the, the way that his university set up, he doesn't stand a chance to go out there and compete. In the last three years, he's been three and nine and three and nine. So he, he's like, I'm out of this mess, man. I'm getting out of this. You're Jay a, Wright
0: may have been out for that. Jay scene. Wright is oh. another
1: one. Like, wh- why did he leave early? Well, because I don't want to deal with this. I don't want like it's Izzo a different world. And, you know, I,
0: I would think if you're in it already, you might want to take this job. I'm just saying coming from the pros to this, I don't know how you would want to do Yeah, this. It's, a, it's a completely it different terrible. ball
1: game. It's not coaching football. It's babysitting and recruiting yeah. is essentially what it yeah. is. And I don't want to do that.
0: Placating players and parents. Ugh. And agents now, yeah,
1: the money aspect it sounds terrible. Like at least back in the day, like two years ago, you didn't really have to deal with agents except on select players. And usually that agent was a cousin that kind of lurked behind that nobody knew about to try to sneak around with the money. Right now, everything's out there in the front. Everybody's got an agent. Everybody wants an NIL deal. I mean, the allure of college coaching sounds terrible. Sounds awful. It sounds very uninteresting. Very uninteresting. The other,
0: the other finalist is a uh, is a guy by the name of Troy Taylor. Who he graduated from Cal's coaching Sacramento State. I'm like, okay, at least he's col- not that Sacramento State is in the same realm at, at all in terms of doing all those things you have to do at the D1 le- or the uh, the FBS F- level, mm-hmm. right? It is BS um, to do that, but at least he's in the system.
1: So you you said he's at, he's at what school? San Diego State, Sacramento, Sacramento
0: State. State. But th- those are vastly different issues than, than what's. You have to deal with that Stanford. So
1: he's he's coaching there, but he also went to Cal. Like you said that's yeah. Stanford's biggest rival. You can't hire that guy. <laughs> are you are you hiring somebody from Mizzou to coach Kansas or somebody from Kansas to coach Mizzou? Be no, be no, you're not doing that. How could you hire a Cal guy to go coach Stanford? What's he going to do on game day when they when the band gets out on the field? Oh, Geez going to join that band. That's right. He's going to be how, if you're a Cal grad, you coach Stanford to beat Cal. You you can't, it's like Nathaniel Hackett. You can't hire a chiefs fan to coach the Broncos. We've been saying that since they hired him. Uh, Deion Sanders already paying off at Colorado. Of course he
0: is. Again, I understood why Colorado did. I still didn't completely understand why he has done. Well, have
1: you seen the backstory that's been coming out now since he left Jackson state that they were like swindling and stealing money from the football program and, and, and whatnot and, and basically stealing money from Deion.
0: Well, he did have that locker room incident where somebody
1: stole all his stuff. Remember? Yeah, but this is like like money and stuff like that was earmarked for the football program that the university was taking and not giving to Dion. So I think there may be some stuff behind the scenes that he probably that made, him made him want to get out. That made him want to jump and say, "All right, I'm I'm out of here, man." Dion's been great for Jackson State, right? Outstanding, outstanding for Jackson State, and he's already been outstanding for Colorado. I mean, not not only are they moving the needle. When it comes to tickets and merchandise, the Pac-12 commissioner is now using Deion Sanders to get bigger rights deals.
0: That's correct. Have you heard we got Dion?
1: Oh, well, let me scratch you a bigger check then, right?
0: They had their single largest day of merchandise sales ever at Colorado the other day.
1: Now, let me ask you this. The, the number that they sold was $49,800 in online merchandise. Their biggest sale ever. Does that sound like a lot? I feel like the Chiefs do that on a Tuesday. Oh, 50000 in one day? Seems pretty big. You know, how my, you know how expensive that stuff is, though? You can't get a t-shirt for under 70 bucks. <laughs> well, no, you get
0: that 65% off sale. At oh, Fanatics, that's right. Fanatics has right. one right now at NHLShop.com. Right. Yeah. They've added almost 175,000 social media followers, 42 million new social media impressions. Mm-hmm. They've Um, had a huge bump in ticket sales and season tickets, 50% increase,
1: 150% (laughs) increase in season tickets, not to mention he swung recruits. Yeah. They, they also say the ticket number will, will break numbers seen during Colorado's national championship days in the early nineties. Remember when Colorado was a power. Remember those days, right? Yep. Yeah. Eric sleeping with the enemy was out there and, and Cordell Stewart was their
0: quarterback. One of their, one of their eighties was quoted. We anticipate every game to be sold out. I think this will be the first time we've had a
1: season where every single game is actually sold out. So did Dion pay dividends for Colorado? Yeah. 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 Already. It'll have them winning too. He will have them winning. You, you, they went 12 and 0 at Jackson. He turned that thing around, man. They will win. And he's getting recruits. People are lining up to go play for this guy. He's fine. I mean, this was a brilliant hire by Colorado. Maybe the best college hire that I've ever seen. You need to change your program around. What are you going to do? You got to be bold, right? You got to do something different because the status quo has not been working at Colorado. Oh, this guy could be good. That guy could be good. No. Go out there and get somebody different, unique, and fun. And they did that with Deion Sanders. Did I hear he was at the game last night? Yeah, he walked out on the court or something like the game stopped, and everybody lost their minds. Yeah,
0: go get him. I'm, I'm, and I'm looking forward to watching. I am I too. Guess you pay attention to Colorado football for the first time in a long time.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And that's a program that you always look at and go, "Why aren't they winning more?" Because I, they didn't have the right coach in place. Yeah,
0: I've always felt that way. And one of those sleeping giant type places. Mm-hmm.
1: You get the right coach in place, man. You can do a lot of good things. It's so important. It's so like, you know, we we see these universities and and really the NFL level everywhere. They hire these like non-personable coordinators. And that's not what you need as a head coach. Deion Sanders is going to get after it, man. And he's going to bring attention and he's going to win. He's awesome. I love that guy. I'm so excited to watch him in division one in a, in, in a power five league, go out there and see what he can do. Because if he goes out there and dominates like all of the, the, you know, the, 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 the football die in the wolf football people are like, I can't believe he's winning. I can believe he's winning. Who do you want to play for? Deion Sanders or some jackass you never heard of that has good X's and O's where do kids want to go? They like glitz. They like glamor. They like fame. They like style. They like fun. That's Dion. Or you can go play for this guy who's got a really nice wing T offense. <laughs> we'll see if it works. Also, uh
0: busting the myth last night that you need a whole week's worth of prep. Uh, here comes Baker Mayfield. Second and 10. Mayfield to the end.
3: Zone to Jefferson. Is that possible? Touchdown. This is impossible. They go 98 yards.
0: That's good for 23. In case you went to bed early, like me and me. Third quarter comes to a close. Raiders have a double-digit lead on the Rams. Baker Mayfield just got there. Josh,
1: it was 16-3 with four minutes to go.
0: I think he was like I think he was like four for ten or something when I when I checked out his stats mm. and I'm like, okay, well. I guess that didn't that didn't really work. He threw a couple of dimes um, on, that and then last he throws drive. a couple of touchdowns, and they go on a ninety-eight yard drive mm-hmm. for the game winner to beat the beat the Raiders last night. Rams beating the Raiders.
1: There's night. there's there's so much Raider out of this game that you know you could talk four hours about just what was Raidered in this game. First and foremost, Lloyd Christmas is up in the booth, and he's he's flashing the peace sign with Ice Cube. They're they're up there in the booth together, right? They're they're hanging out, and that's fine cool. All right. Great. Fantastic. Wonderful. And then, then they raid her and, and, you know, you have, which nobody's talking about today, which they should Derek Carr threw another red zone interception, right? In the first half inside the 10 yard line interception in the red zone, throw it away, kick a field goal. You win that game. You win that dang game. And he didn't do that. He threw an interception. You've got to know when to take a chance and when not to take a chance. Derek Carr in the red zone has, I think, more interceptions over the last couple of years than any other quarterback uh, in this league. It's the fourth time this season that the Raiders have blown like an 11 or more point lead. It's an NFL record. So they raided there. And then where they really raided was on the last drive. It's fourth and one. They're inside their own territory. They punt. And I'm fine with that. It's the two minute warning. You're punting to a quarterback that showed up on Wednesday, right? Make him
0: drive the field. Make him
1: drive the field. What a great punt. Gets it down to the two-yard line. Now, number 10 on the Raiders is doing the gritty as he's watching the punt go down the sidelines. I'm like, you're celebrating a little too early in this one. And then you have a stupid unsportsmanlike conduct penalty take place that extended the drive and kept the Rams' hopes alive after a sack. Was it tillery that that spiked the ball Uh out of of Baker Mayfield's hand? So, so so much raidering is going on in the final two minutes. And then Baker Mayfield comes out, give the guy credit. The pass that he threw down the left side or the right sideline on the far side, an incredible pass. And then that touchdown pass, that's an incredible pass as well. And so, all of this, like you need years in a system. Baker Mayfield knew 20 plays and hasn't practiced.
0: Yeah, um, I don't know if you can write it any better than that. Obviously, we'd like to be a little bit more stress free, but um, it's, it's a pretty damn good story, I'll be honest with you, so it's uh,
3: it's special. That was my first rodeo doing that, I'll say that, <laughs> yeah. You know, when it comes to critical situations and, and kind of, uh, you know, those crucial downs, especially when the clock's rolling like that, just putting the ball up for guys like that and knowing the, the clock mechanics. I, you know, I had Brian Allen screaming in my face what the cadence was for that because we didn't cover it. And Sean's yelling in my ear as well. And uh, But yeah, ball is ball. And uh, it's uh, when you have guys like that around you, they put you in a good spot and they help you
0: out. And those, those guys did it. Ball is ball. Yeah. And Baker Mayfield
1: <laughs> at least got a couple drives in the fourth quarter. Is there any anything wrong with them not having like at the end of the day, ball is ball, as he said. Why can't he just go in the huddle and just draw a few things on his hand like we used to do? I think Len Dawson used to draw stuff in the dirt when they were doing that kind of stuff, right, back in the day. Why can't Baker Mayford's guy all right, you go down and out. You Here's go what I'm fly comfortable throwing. you go what down you and do in. This? Let's yeah. go and do this. I mean, these people spend all this time and waste energy and time. Somewhere right now there are football coaches wasting time and energy trying to come up with a game plan. Just show up and run a couple of routes. I'll, I'll find the guy that's open. A uh, fantastic edition of Kingdom Clichés coming up,
0: and Bill Self talks rivalry next. Fesco in the morning. (laughs) Brought to you by Santa Fe Auto Sound, your home for car audio since 1967, on 610 Sports Radio and the Odyssey app.
2: Belton, Belton, Missouri. Oh, yeah. Such a fine city. La, la, la. It's called Belton and it's wonderful. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 64012 is the zip code of Belton, Missouri, USA. It is such a fine community. Yep. Hop on Missouri, Route 58. Go to Belton because Belton is great. Oh, look how that works. Say hello to all the nice, people living their lives in this wonderful community. Motor Media
0: is back. He's got an entire Minnesota album about the state of Missouri. Go anywhere. Well, I haven't checked in on him in a while. Yeah. No,
1: he's, he's still producing stuff. A lot of it doesn't really.
0: Has uh, an entire album of. Songs about cities in Missouri. Right,
1: 50, 50 songs he released this morning. You can find it on Spotify. You search Moturn Media, M O T E R N Media on the um, on the Twitter machine. Not on the Twitter the, uh, machine, but on the Spotify. The Josh and Bob songs. I think we still have those. I don't in know. The system. I don't know if they're still I, in mean, here. I, I mean, I can. I think I can, they got I can, purged. Get, I mean, I can get them in, in, in like just like that. I mean, I do have them on my. Wow, you got my, connections. Oh, well, no, I, I I listen to them at the gym. His name is Steven Spector,
0: but he's a big fan of Duke. That's right. Yeah,
1: he went it. to Syracuse, but he's a
0: huge fan of Duke. That's right. Yeah, the guy that brought you those fantastic ditties, right, now has a all Missouri album out. Yep, you can find him on Spotify. He sings and songs about uh, Sykeston.
1: That's right. He he uh, his album others. is called. If you go to Spotify and you search for the album. Missouri, oh, yeah, with an exclamation mm. point, good, yes. Mm. Missouri, oh, yeah, good, yes. That's right. There are 50 songs. 50. About 50 different cities. 50. In the state of Missouri. That's right. Now, he does other sit, uh, states as well, so hopefully Kansas is the next one, but some of the, the local ones are Kansas City, Missouri. Uh, we, we played Independence. We Have we done Lee's Summit yet? Have we played the Lee's Summit song? We have done the Blue Springs one, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, okay. Mm-hmm. No, no Lee Summit yet. No, we haven't done Lee Summit.
2: Lee Summit, a wonderful city in Missouri, USA. Oh, yeah, it's a fine suburban community. Lee Summit, yeah. it's a nice place and I like it so much. I love to go downtown and walk around and say hello to the people of Lee. <laughs> square miles of land. Mm. How That's excited is so he right now? So many good and wonderful people. I just love it's that he's so, nice so positive. And wonderful. Yeah, he has just loves so humankind. Many Everybody's nice. I love
1: it. I like the color of the sky in his world. I, I think my favorite one so far, though, is the Raytown one. Mm. He had
0: the mileage, and that one it was like
1: nine point one. He yeah, had nine point one square, miles, square right? miles or something in Raytown. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I don't know. Have we listened to the Kansas City one all three yet?
2: <laughs> Kansas City, Missouri, USA, Missouri, USA. Oh yeah, such a great community. Check out the skyline. Check out the big old buildings in downtown Kansas City. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's so wonderful, uh-huh. Let's go to the Government Center of Performing Arts. Yeah, we had to do that because I remember that one.
0: Because we got Kaufman Center of Performing Arts. Arts all
2: in one That's good. Look at all ditty. the That's nice good. statues and monuments and other stuff to include. <laughs> other stuff statues and other monuments stuff. and other stuff and other yeah. stuff
1: that's kansas
0: city so yeah missouri
1: shell. oh yeah exclamation point good yes uh, seems like a winner let's see seems what other states like, he's a oh uh, winner he's got he's got one about chicago buffalo no kansas yet though no i haven't
0: seen that yet, No kansas though. yet uh kansas and missouri will uh, do battle in basketball tomorrow uh bob is back uh, Eli Drinkwitz helped him renew his uh, his rivalry with you, the. You said uh, it
1: wrong, Drink Schlitz. With the
0: uh, with the uh, the the uh, Jayhawks, and so Bob is back. Bill Self on the uh, rivalry.
1: You well,
3: uh, you know, Missouri Illinois is a good rivalry. Uh, I thought there was a little bit of respect in that rivalry uh, with Kansas Missouri from a fan standpoint. I don't know if there's as much respect as there is just flat-out dislike or hate. Uh, 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 Yep. And I think that's what makes it a
1: great rivalry. No question about it. And, And that, to me, right there, what Bill Self said is college sports, what I liked about college sports in a nutshell, was that rivalry. I don't like Missouri. I don't at all. Nothing about Missouri I like. Well, there's a few things about Missouri. I like,
0: there's plenty of things, but well, yeah, in but terms I'm talking about of, the university, yeah. right? Oh, yeah, yeah. The, the school, yeah. the
1: rivalry. Yeah. Right. I don't like them, right. and and I hope they feel the exact same way, and they should. And they do, and they do, right? Yes. That's why college sports works because of this right here, because of the rivalry. Then they took the rivalries away, and they valued money over all this other. And I understand it. You know, we're not in the. But they they took all the rivalries away. They took Texas A&M and Texas away. They took Missouri and Kansas away. And when you start doing that, you tend to lose interest because college sports aren't that good. But the rivalries... They're more
0: profitable now. Are they as intense and riveting as they once were? No. Not really. Not at all. Not at all. I mean, Uh, you still have a few of those, but, you know, a lot of the the shifting and the money grab and everything is... is, uh, has ruined it, certainly has in the Kansas City area.
1: Yeah, it definitely has. And I look, I understand it's a business and I get all that. But like Bill Self taking those shots, Drink Schlitz taking his shots last week or earlier in this week, saying that, you know, maybe if you went to a bowl game every once in a while, you'd understand how the selection process works. Like Drink Schlitz hasn't even been part of the Kansas Missouri rivalry and he's bought in. And I love that. Love it. Bill self has been on the rivalry on both sides, kick Missouri's ass on the East of the Mississippi and on the other side of the Missouri river. So Bill self knows how to kick Missouri's ass too. And so that's what college sports needs to get back to, you know, how they have like, you know, like every once in a while, the NFL will call it like a throwback weekend or a throwback game or stuff like that. We need that in college sports. We need these rivalries back. And, I understand Missouri and Kansas are going to play you know, football and whatnot. Why are we doing two years and then having a 10-year break and then doing it for two years? It should be a permanent scheduled game going forward. Like No matter who the coaches are at either university, you don't have a say. You're playing Missouri or you're playing Kansas. There's nothing else. You're, you're, you're not getting out of that game. You're not buying your way out of that game. That game needs to be on the schedule. And it does for basketball, too, going forward. I don't want this series to end again. And I love the fact that it's on campus, too. And it's not just right here in Kansas City. would have been very easy just to play the games here in Kansas City. Fine. Whatever. Great. But playing them on campus and then having a game in Kansas City, we need to have a constant three-year rotation in perpetuity featuring Kansas and Missouri. Because I don't get geeked up for a KUK state game. I just don't. I just don't. But Missouri, Kansas, I can feel myself getting pissed. Good. That's good. And I want that back. I like being pissed at that kind of stuff, right? You like getting fired up. Oh, let's go. I haven't had that in like a decade. It's good. It's refreshing. It's fun. Don't know anybody on other teams but Grady Dick, but hey, it's Kansas and Missouri. You're rooting for your team. You're rooting for your state. You're rooting for what you love. And the same goes for Missouri. I think it's fantastic. And I hate the fact that it's been so long since we played it. Didn't feel like when it first happened in Missouri, you know, snuck out on everybody and was cheating on people by, by going to the sec. It's like, ah, let them go. We don't need it. No, we do. We need Kansas versus Missouri. And it needs to be in perpetuity in both football and basketball every single year.
0: It certainly sounds like the uh, chiefs are ready. How do we know? Well, we gauge it each and every week by kingdom cliches.
3: You loved it so much this summer, we had to bring it back. The first thing I said, there's an imaginary sign outside that says, hiring all applicants. But this time, I get to voice
1: the intro. I mean, I'm big on block destruction. Hello? Hello? Yeah, what's going on, BM? What do you mean, backed by popular demand? Signed her to a long-term deal. Can we at least have shouted Out back?
2: All
1: right, all right, bro. I hear you, I hear you.
3: All right. Well, thanks to Spec. I guess I don't get to voice the intro. And I always will say that sometimes without no bad luck, we wouldn't have any good luck at all.
2: Well, hello!
1: Look who they brought back for the regular season! It is me, the British woman! And now, it is time for another edition of Kingdom Cliche! How you doing? Mm-hmm.
3: Every week it starts up front. You know, there's a surge early. Um, For me, um, whenever my number's called, I'm, I'm ready to roll. Doesn't matter where uh, we're at, we're on the field. Um, as long as we're on the same page and we're all on the same mission, uh, we can get the goal accomplished. And the thing that you don't wanna do, you don't wanna encourage him to do it all the time, but you don't wanna discourage him from doing it as well. Coke just keeps getting better. Sometimes <laughs> the best thing that you can do is make a mistake. I'm not a gambler, but I once had somebody tell me that when it was so far one way, gamble the other
0: way, because eventually it's gonna happen. I hope that doesn't happen.
3: You never know when something little can have such an impact. So it's important that we're, we're focusing on the little detail aspects of our game. I mean, you know, day in and day out, um, it's all that practice, uh, you know, just continuously, uh, you know, just getting comfortable behind the guys and continuously um, building. It all works Uh, hand-in-hand. Extremely athletic. They play hard. There's no quit in them. Uh, It's definitely going to be a tremendous challenge up front. I thought that quarterback beat us with his brain, with his arm, and with his feet. There's always an ego about you. You know, hey, I'm the man. I'm the man. I can do this. I can do that. But sometimes you just got to know when to say when. You got to know when to surrender. Pretty much is coming to work every day with a chip on his shoulder, uh, wanting to get better. He's got a lot of courage. He catches the ball in a crowd, and he's a spinner. And uh, he just uh, really good after the catch. As a kid, you know, growing up with uh, great parents, my mom, my dad. Uh, you know, always taught me to be respectful and, and be a leader. Every week, we're going to get everybody's best.
1: There's nothing that,
3: uh, in the 13 prior games are going to help us in this one. Um, day in and day out, you know, I just watch. The only way you're going to learn to improve is to go out there and make a mistake. We didn't get it as deep as we wanted. The hang time was pretty good, but it's not as deep as we'd like. The ball is the most important thing, not
1: you. Ah, uh, nothing beats a regular season football cliché, especially one from the kingdom. We'll be back tomorrow with more wonderful, useless, nonsensical kingdom cliché. Some goodies there, man. I'll tell you what, man. Dave Tobe is pretty good. So is Spags, really. All three of them are, like, tied for first <laughs> and clichés. Yeah, they know, how to, they know how to get this thing done. The enemy gets them all wrong. You know, that there was no bad luck. We wouldn't have any good luck. One is still it cracks me up. Dave Tobe talks on like Planet Special Teams.
0: The biggest alphabet was W. or something. Yeah,
1: something like that. The biggest letter in the alphabet is W or whatever it was. No, it wasn't even
0: that. It was yeah. the biggest alphabet is W, I think. Oh, is that
1: yeah. what it was? Something like that. Tobe speaks on, on Planet Special Teams. So nobody, oh, knows, yeah. nobody, knows, nobody
0: about. knows how to decipher that. And
1: Spags has the New England accent, which I think adds to it. Makes it all that much better.
0: Oh, uh, they sound ready to me.
1: They do. They're ready to go.
0: The uh, the Broncos, meanwhile, are in a worse football spot than even Chiefs twenty twelve. Next,
3: the most important alphabet in this business, and that's the W.